0: What's up? We're back with another edition of Through the Smoke, a podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined by Christopher Stock. Spring football is here, Chris. We've had a couple media availabilities. um, On Friday, the Friday before spring football, the media was able to talk to Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley. And following the first spring practice, we got Four of the veteran leaders of the team uh off-season football is here before we get into that we're though we're going to get into some some big recruiting stuff but but chris just wanted to start with with how's it going how you doing off-season football here
1: yeah doing well and it it feels like it's fast and fierce we have the schedule for the spring football season already And just kind of looking at it, and they don't want it publicized, but just looking at it, there's going to be a lot of practices before um, for Mm -hmm. this next month. So there's a lot of information to to get through, and I felt like even through those first couple media things, there's a lot to like soak in already, and looking forward to talking about that.
0: So yeah, we will get into that uh, spring football stuff, our takeaways after the break, but wanted to start with some huge, gigantic, big recruiting news, Um, recruiting The quarterback position for every class is always a big deal, no matter what program um, you are a fan of. And this week, Miami is not hosting because uh, official visits or or even unofficial visits in terms of having any type of contact with, with coaching staff members is still not allowed until May 31st. But Miami's top quarterback target, Jakari Brown, a uh, four star quarterback out of Valdosta Lounge in Georgia is set to visit the Miami South Florida area on Thursday, and he's supposed to stay in the area till Sunday. So he, he's going to be spending time around the UN campus. He also wants to get a feel for the South Florida area in general, um, because he kind of views Miami as an opportunity to live a place where there's an opportunity to live after uh, his playing career would be done as a hurricane. So I thought it's interesting. His plan is to meet with some local politicians, elected officials um, in the South Florida community, because he is a guy that, that values, um, you know, being a part of a community. He, he wants to know the values of, of the people that live where he is living. And so I think that shows some impressive maturity. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of that before on a recruiting visit, Chris. Um, I just found that as an interesting nugget that he's going to visit. I think mostly people from, from the Coral Gables government, um, but but I think other areas in South Florida as well. What was What's your take when you hear that?
1: Yeah, certainly something different, but I think it's also maybe sometimes we don't always hear all the details about what a kid or a family wants to look for on their visits. You know, everything's so much, you know, into the team and those kind of things, those 48 hours when they have the official visit, everything's pretty structured in terms of what they do. And it seems to be pretty much the same. So so maybe I I am a little surprised of, of those types of things that he's interested in, but also like if you think back on, you know, most people that go through a college experience, they'd like to know a lot about the area, not just uh, about the um, one certain aspect. So I think that that's what he's doing. And I think it's great. I think it's great that it shows, um, you know, things he's interested in outside of just the football stuff. I I think it, you know, just a quick takeaway. I think it's, it's only going to help Miami. I think Miami is a place where when you visit it, the campus looks great. And you know, that's just the reality of it. It doesn't matter what time of year it's a, it's a good looking campus. The area around campus is always good and we always feel like you know just kind of when guys do come on that visit not everybody picks miami don't get me wrong but if you've already have a favorable opinion of miami it only helps you and i think that's where he's at in his recruitment i think i would assume everything's going to go well with the people he picked out to talk to and there's a lot to like about the area and it's certainly if you're into the you know a bigger city campus a bigger city with the campus, as opposed to the college town, then, then Miami certainly has a lot to offer. So I, I would expect the, the visit to go well, and anybody that he meets is, is going to be able to sell this region well, and, and for all the reasons why people visit here and, and choose to live here. So I, I think it bodes well for for Miami, just the, the totality of um, the program and what the, the city and the area has to offer.
0: I think too, you know, the feeling is that, that things are trending uh, in the direction of Miami being the destination for Jakari. But, you know, if, if you wanted to even read more of the tea leaves in that regard, right. I think the fact that he wants to do this, meet with local officials kind of, kind of is another reason why as a Miami fan, you should feel strong that he is going to end up a hurricane. I, I think from the football side of things, um, you know, again, I don't know what the rules are with, with this stuff, but, I think he can meet with uh, guys that he knows on the team, maybe off campus or, or outside of the football facilities. And my understanding is that he is planning to, you know, spend some time with Thomas Davis, who is an early enrollee freshman went to Lowndes high school. And he's also friendly with Jake Garcia, the uh, 2021 quarterback signee. Jake, of course, um, spent some time at Valdosta High School, which is the rival of Lowndes. And those two are actually quite friendly. Um, they, they've spent some time together away from the football field up in Valdosta. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that even though they go to, to schools that are bitter rivals, there's still that respect. there, still that uh, friendship there, quite frankly, between those two. And I think you know, Jakari wants to pick the brains of those guys just to see how things are um, in the Miami program, because those two guys are officially a part of the program. Um, I think, too, he wants to, and again, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but I think he would like to also spend some time with Derek King, Uh, pick his brain. Derek's a guy that, that Jakari, you know, respects, of course, for his play and also his leadership, the way he approaches the game. So, um i would expect if those brief visits do happen it would only be more good things in miami's favor during that visit
1: Uh, go ahead i just just chime in it just it all makes sense like there's a lot of positive things and and you know just kind of knowing derek a little bit you expect that conversation to go well and um you would assume jake and thomas are having a good time on on you know just getting to um and the family atmosphere that they try to create and and also just the off-season program as well. So I think at this time, there's certainly a lot of things trending in the positive direction.
0: I think I'm close to putting in that crystal ball, right? I, I, I'm kind of just, I'm slow playing it, to be honest. If I was putting in one today, I would put one in for Miami. I kind of want to wait to see if he does make it down on, on the visit, because you never know with these high school visits. Sometimes things are planned, and at the last minute it gets scrapped. So I guess I want to wait till I know he's definitely in South Florida and I want to hear some uh, behind the scenes vibes that, that things are going well, which I expect them to, if he does visit. And, and at that point I would probably fire in that crystal ball. Uh, Jakari is planning to announce his decision on March 26th. And I think it is worth noting, like it's not a situation where, it's necessarily a total hundred percent slam dunk to Miami right now. Uh, Texas A and M is still involved. Jimbo Fisher is a guy that you know is highly respected for the way he evaluates quarterbacks, and my understanding is that Jimbo is definitely intrigued by Jakari's skill set and upside and potential as a player. And I think too, Auburn's kind of getting back involved as well. Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator there. And he is the the, head co- the first head coach to officially offer Jakari way back when, either when he was a freshman or a sophomore. Mike Bobo was the head coach at Colorado State at the time. So there's a longstanding relationship there. So you know, schools are still trying to get in with Jakari, even though it does look like Miami is the front runner at this stage going into this visit. In terms of playing ability, I think Jakari, the last couple weeks, Chris, is showing exactly what we talked about. I forget if it was last podcast or the podcast before that. In terms of Jakari is a player that I think Miami fans should view as a guy who is ascending with his ability. Right? Um, He doesn't have a private quarterback coach that he's worked with since he was 10 or 11 years old. Um, He's a guy that you know, works hard at his craft, but there is still a ways to go in some areas of his game, but you can also see the potential that he brings to the field. And I think the performances he's shown at camps the last two weekends, he earned an elite 11 invite at the Atlanta camp there. And he was one of the top performers at a pylon seven on seven event in Atlanta this past weekend. And, And the video clips from both those events, do show that he is making progress quite frankly, since the last time I saw him in person at a camp setting, uh, which was last summer, I think June or July. So he is making that progress in accuracy and just his feel for the game as a passer. And I think that's highly encouraging. I I was wondering, Chris, did you get a chance to check out those clips and and what were your takeaways from, from seeing Jakari and those clips?
1: Yeah, definitely saw the clips. And like you said, he's ascending. I I think once again, I mentioned this before, but the guy that he is in March right now, I I just think he's going to improve by November, December. You know, this is a guy, this is what we've seen sometimes with recruits. Like they have so many, so much time to develop and get better. And I think he's one of those guys that's going to get better. Um, and one thing I wanted to add though, about his recruitment, the one thing that, that kind of stands out and and we'll see, and, and maybe it's going to be okay, but quarterbacks have to look at the situations with different schools. And if he looks at Miami situation and if he feels like it's an even slate and, and this isn't necessarily about March 26th when he makes an announcement, but just when he actually enrolls at a school, if it is Miami or whatnot, but you know, if, if he feels like there's like some separation with Van Dyke and and Garcia, they're just ahead of him with him coming in, then, then maybe you're going to look at a situation like maybe that's not the best just based on, um, kind of the depth and how it works out. But if he feels like it's going to be somewhat of an even slate, even though he's a couple years behind Van Dyke in development, a year behind Jake in terms of just uh, in class, then I think you definitely see a guy like that, that sees, says like, look, I, I confident, I'm confident in my abilities. I'll jump in and, and be a part of that. But, um and I know we'll get to Van Dyke later, but just that's something that kind of stands out to me with, not just with him, just in quarterback recruiting in general, they always have to look at situations more than any other, more than any other position because of how everything works out. So that's just something to keep in mind. If Miami is able to get a third straight quarterback in a class, that that'd be impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know, I know, speaking,
0: speaking around, speaking to Jakari's people, right. There is a confidence there. Um, and and my understanding is that he's not a guy that's going to shy away from competition. You know, and look, this is not say I'm not saying that uh, this is a this is necessarily correct or that he is speaking down on Jake's ability. But Jakari believes he he is a better player than Jake Garcia, right? Like he's confident if he competed uh, with Jake for a starting job, Jakari would eventually beat him out. Whenever that is, right? The timetable on that is to be determined. But Jakari um, is a confident guy. And he's willing to put in the work to um, you know, compete and try and beat out whoever is ahead of him on the depth chart. So again, you never know how these quarterback situations play out in the long term, but going into a college situation, Jakari understands he's gonna have to compete no matter where he does go. Um, it's not something he shies away from. Uh I think too, before we move on to the break and get into Miami hurricane spring football stuff, it's worth noting Jakari is bringing with him wide receiver, Isaiah bond, who is a guy from Buford, Georgia, Jess Simpsons former school where he was the head coach in, in Georgia for a long time, had a lot of success there winning state championships. Isaiah bond is a guy who's really seen his recruitment take off over the last two or three weeks. Picking up offers from, from powerhouses like Georgia and Alabama. I think before those offers came, Miami was kind of viewed as the team to beat. I think they still are viewed that way, but I think getting the offers from Georgia and Alabama have maybe caused Isaiah to pump the brakes a little bit in terms of, you know, maybe he's going to evaluate his options a little bit more. But I will say this having Jess Simpson at Miami is an advantage for Miami. Isaiah highly respects Jess Simpson. Jess is kind of like a legend there at Buford High School. So that is an advantage for Miami. And also too, I think Isaiah has a high level of respect for Jakari Brown. So if Jakari jumps in the boat, I think that would only help Miami's chances with Isaiah Bond. Um, I'm curious, Chris, have you seen much of his film? I think like this, you might say I'm crazy with this just because of what Philip Dorsett turned out to be. But I see a lot of Dorsett in him in terms of not the biggest outside receiver, but a guy who's very fast, straight line, maybe doesn't have the most wiggle um, after the catch. But he can get vertical in a hurry, and he kind of has that feel for, for uh, tracking the ball vertically. Um, what are your thoughts on, his, on him as a player, if, if you've seen any of his film.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen much of him. Just obviously the speed stands out. So that's always a trait that you're looking for. There's a lot you can do with it in terms of development. So um, certainly makes sense with what he's doing with his recruitment. If, if he's rising as a prospect, it only makes sense to, to kind of slow down a little bit and kind of see how things go. And I think a lot of times with recruits there, they don't expect certain things to happen or they're hopeful. And then when they do, they kind of have to take a step back. So it's not, not a surprise there, but certainly would be a good sign if he does make the trip to Miami and um you know, one of those prospects to certainly keep an eye on because of that speed. And you're always looking for development. And that's, that's one of those traits that's hard to really improve um, noticeably. So if you already have that, that's certainly a good sign.
0: So yeah, stay locked on to inside the youth for, you know, updates, tidbits, VIP scoop surrounding this visit. Um, Again, supposed to, at at this time, it's scheduled to take place Thursday through the weekend. And, uh, you know, if it does take place, Check out Inside the U for for continuing coverage on that. We're going to get into a break here, commercial break, and then we will jump into some takeaways from the first media sessions coming out of spring football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
1: mayor of Kingstown new season streaming June 2nd exclusively on Paramount plus
0: all right Chris we're back um, so yeah I, I think there's there's a lot of different directions we can go with this I kind of want you to drive the ship on maybe the talking points we should get into right so we're gonna talk maybe three four five depending on the, the amount of time that we uh, we take to to discuss these topics, um, but I think it's worth stating. Uh, Manny Diaz, Rhett Lashley spoke to the media the Friday before um, the first spring football practice. Lots of tidbits and news and updates from those sessions. Due to obligations, I was not able to attend that session, so you kind of handled it for the website. So, uh, you know, I have since watched those sessions online. Um, but I, I kind of want you to drive the ship. And so what is kind of the first takeaway that you found interesting from these sessions that that you want to dive into here? You
1: know, the first thing that stands out to me, and, I, and it kind of came up again yesterday with the players when they talked, but the first thing is the team and the players are very high on Tyler Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And I think what stood out to me, and almost a surprise, because we've not... know the stuff we've heard about tyler from last year was like oh he's working hard and that's a good sign and you know he's coming along those kinds of things and and i think when we've talked about quarterbacks in the past you know there was a reason why i you know i felt higher about jay garcia quite quite honestly however the way manny diaz talked about him when he was asked about talking about um who are some guys in the off-season program that have stood out he said he kind of went through the positions when he got to Tyler at quarterback he said he's a beast and he said he's one of those guys that you want on your team with these accountability team session competition things that they're doing in the offseason he said you want him on his team he's always good at basically everything they do that's a very high praise that he got from the head coach Rhett Lashley same thing he spoke very highly about him as well and the players again they talk highly of him and again it's not that they were talking bad about him before but I just came away in these first couple of sessions like, wow, these guys really think really highly of Tyler. And you've got to kind of maybe reshape your opinion a little bit based on the conversations that they've had. So we'll see how Tyler does moving forward. But that was what stood out to me kind of the initial thing like, hey, they really like this guy, maybe a lot more than what they had initially expressed before. Not that they maybe just they were high on him always, but just they never expressed the way they have the last few days.
0: One thing that I found interesting when uh, Coach Diaz, Coach Lashley, were talking about Tyler, I think it was Coach Lashley. I forget which one exactly, which coach said this. but And it was kind of sneaky, to be honest. So let me know if I was reading too much into it. But I felt like Coach Lashley essentially hinted, or maybe even flat out said, like, hey, it's probably going to be Tyler who gets the bulk of the first team reps this spring and, and we'll kind of see what he does with it. Um, which I found interesting because typically you never really see or hear a coach say that you kind of just hear them say, yeah, it's going to be evenly split. Uh, you know, all these guys are going to get first team reps, but he, again, he kind of snuck it in there. Like he didn't, he didn't make a, a point of saying it, but if you read between the lines, it seemed like Tyler is going to get the bulk of the first team reps did, did you find that interesting or, or did you notice that?
1: Yeah, I, I did not notice it to be honest, but the only thing I would say is uh, Peyton is the other guy really uh, you know, right. that he's competing with because Jake's coming along slowly with his injury. He is, go- he is out there and doing some things, not everything. So it's not a surprise. And I, it, you know, Tyler was ahead of Peyton last year on the depth chart. So it wouldn't be a surprise, um, but yeah, I, I didn't catch what, what you're talking about there. And
0: I'll say this too. So, again, uh, this is kind of what we're dealing with during th- this COVID era where we don't necessarily, we're, we're not getting access yet, right? Because of COVID restrictions and protocols and, and we understand all that, right? So Miami is at least sending out some photos from the practices to the media. Um, and, and you know this is, this is peak off-season talk, right? Where you, where you study these photos like it's this is a Bruder film. And, uh, I will say this in these photos, it does seem like Tyler Van Dyke has transformed his body sub over the past year. He looks, uh, bigger and stronger, which makes sense. He's been in a college weight program for a full year. Um, but you know, that's good to see to me, my, my takeaway from that kind of stuff, um, to me, weight room indicates how seriously you take football, right? How hard are you going to work? Um, you know, besides just improving your strength and, and numbers and all that stuff, it's an indication of of how much do you love football? Are you going to put the work in because working out not always the most fun thing to do. Uh, judging from those pictures, it's pretty clear that Tyler has been working hard in the weight room. Uh, shall we move on to topic number two,
1: Chris? Yeah, that'd be great. And that would go straight into my second one in, in, in no order. But just the other thing that stands out to me is just the weight room gains that the players talked about. Coach Manny Diaz talked about how they wanted to do a seven uh, seven week program without interruption. Felt like last year they weren't able to do that. It was a point yeah. kind of emphasis why they pushed back spring ball and, and things like that this year. So that's the thing that, that another topic, another takeaway that I want to talk about, because players talked about how, you know, Corey Gaynor plus 11 pounds, Amari Carter up 10 pounds, 10% body fat, which is the highest he's ever been. He said, it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing with where he's at at 10, but just that he's, you know, a little bit heavier. And then also Mark Harley, 8% body fat, 183 pounds. Those are the things that stood out to me. So it is already showing improvements in that area. And that's one thing I'd like to talk to Manny about is just the point of emphasis of, of size improvement. And that's not always, you know, Yes, you you know you like to get better, bigger, but sometimes you're working on your your speed. So um, it definitely feels like a point of emphasis is to get bigger, and and uh, we'll see how the offseason program goes for the for the next you know three four months before uh, before fall camp starts. But certainly they're off to a good start.
0: Yeah, Corey Gaynor too. I think he said he gained he's gained 11 pounds this offseason, which I think matters because you know all the offensive line men and, and offensive line coach and justice this off season have been uh, making it clear that there's going to be a point of emphasis on establishing the run, doing a better job of that this off season. And, and, you know, part of that is, is just getting stronger, in, you know, in the weight room being able to push people around. So I think that's a good sign uh, circling back to Amari, Chris, I think it's easy to read into the, the gain 10 pounds and, uh, 10% body fat, which is the most he's ever been at, at Miami. I think it's easy to make that leap to say, okay, is he going to maybe start transitioning to striker? I don't, I don't think that's officially happened yet. Uh, but Manny Diaz did say like there is going to be some cross training um, this spring, right? Striker safeties to striker, striker. He even said strikers to will, which I found, very interesting and intriguing um but but again bringing it back to amari am i reading too much into that you think uh you know with with the weight gain and body fat percentage being up
1: no and that's certainly something we can ask one thing i i want to mention too you mentioned with you know just availability and things like that one of the things that we see on the message boards quite a bit people have a lot of questions they'd like answered and i'll tell you david and i both are always trying to ask questions to everybody the the reality is you, it's hard to get a second question in. You usually only get one question for one person, so you got to use it wisely. And just an example, real quick. I, I hate to veer off, but somebody asked about Jeremiah Payton. Right. Well, the first day I asked about Manny and, and injury updates. If you could update guys, and you know I didn't. I specifically asked about Jalen Knight, and I did not mention Jeremiah, but he didn't mention Jeremiah in it. And I so I don't know. <laughs> So I feel like we got to use another question to ask about Jeremiah and I, I, right. it's just how things are right now. Um, so, but we're always trying to get all the questions answered and, and that's the thing about Amari. Yes. We were able to talk to him. I would have loved to have jumped in there and asked him about the linebacker thing or um, but maybe it's something for Manny, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I brought this up last year. I didn't understand why they wouldn't have tried that last year. I, I think maybe now they're going to evaluate it because look wh- whoever you think should be at safety, uh there's they have options you know yes. they, they've got options you know you go back to gervin hall as a starter if you want we've talked about james williams i think there's a lot of excitement and anticipation with what Avante williams can do yep. had a good first day Amari. so you know if you're trying to get your best 11 on the field um and i know they, they like amari so um maybe that's something that they could do or at least explore that was my whole point i, I was surprised yeah. that they didn't at least explore that last year to give it a shot and see what because that's what spring ball is about and and it wasn't about them getting cut off on practices because that wasn't the plan at all last spring, no matter how many practices they got. So anyways, yeah, certainly something to watch for. Let me veer off
0: here for a quick minute and we don't have to get into this too long, but do any of those strikers, you know, the guys that played striker last year, do any of them intrigue you at will? Because I, I personally, I think I've, I've told you this maybe, but I am personally intrigued by Keontre Smith at weak side linebacker just, you know, I would like to see how that looks and how that compares to the guys they currently have at weak side linebacker. I think, you know, there is talent at the weak side spot, but it's young. I don't know if it's quite ready. I don't know if Keontre is necessarily the answer there, but I think there is a run defending element that he brings as a strength to the field. And he, he does play with speed. Would, would you be intrigued by that or not?
1: Yeah. And, and, I've said this before with him, you know, I, I watched him play a lot of um, inside the box when he was in high school. I felt, you know, he kind of played that linebacker spot quite a bit, even though he was recruited as a safety and whatnot. So I think he's kind of used to playing inside the box like that physical guy. I think if you look at, maybe you're looking at, okay, well, what's his height weight? How does that measure up? But really, you know, Miami's linebackers, and I don't, I don't think they have a linebacker listed over no. two twenty-five. So right. they're all kind of, about the same 200 to 225. And, and I think that's something we could talk about maybe in the future, but um, you know, I don't think his size is that much different. So if he goes into weak side linebacker, I don't think he's looking a lot different th- than maybe other linebackers at UM have looked in the past. So I think they've got to explore everything. I think they've got to figure out a way to, to make it work, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, whoever it is, uh, you know, if you're only having two linebacker, true linebackers on the field, you've got to have two good ones. So um, they've got to figure it out. Once again, spring's a way to do it and, and certainly open to all moves, whether it's Amari or, or Keontra or, you know, and just kind of maybe even moving Gilbert around a little bit. So, uh, certainly, um, in favor of that.
0: Next topic to touch on, what are you thinking?
1: Okay. So I touched on, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, the, the weight gains, I want to talk about Mike Harley. Um, uh, uh-huh and it's not necessarily that the 183 or the 8% body fat what stands out to me right now with mike is an intangible and again not around sure. him and talking about him but there is a not just the leadership that's that's coming up with him but he just seems to have this confidence in him um and and i think that's a very good thing and i think we've not always seen that expressed now Look, all, all players are gonna tell you, oh, I'm always confident in the whole thing. I, I trust my abilities that it's the very common thing to say. But I just think from an outward personality that we are seeing more of with Mike. And it's not just this one, it just kind of, you know, the first time we've talked to him in a few months, but it just kind of re my thought. I, I just think he's he has a lot of confidence. And, and maybe yeah. an example was someone asked him about Charleston Rambo. And this is the second time right. he's talked about Rambo. Right. You know, and he um I, I would I don't want to use the term, put him down, but he just said, you know, he's got things to work on, you know, he does some yeah. things well, but he's got things to work on it. And you don't hear teammates always saying that about other teammates and it's not nothing against Charleston. I just think it's a Mike thing. You ask him about an, uh, Mark Pope or he, he did that before with uh, other receivers in competition. He's like, look, guys got to step up and things like that. So I think he's very confident in his abilities and his place on the team. I think that's only a good sign. It's something we used to see a lot of at Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Um, players showing their personalities and their confidence and being confident in themselves um, and, and I, I feel like if we were to look at it from a whole totality that has changed a little bit over the years yes. and I think Mike has that confidence right now I think that's a good sign because you look at his snapshot I know you've broken down you know there were times in the season um, short stints or periods of games the second where he was, half second um, half of the year yeah, those back-to-back 170 games. So I think if you're looking for Mike to be the confident guy and just put together one of these really good seasons, I think you're starting to see that. And and again, leadership as well. So I think those are good signs for Mike.
0: I'll spin that point out to you know, a lot of the rest of the team, quite frankly, too. And again, I don't know if, if I'm reading too much into press conferences. I mean, how much do press conferences really matter? But to your point, this is an older team. And I think there is a maturity across the whole team that maybe necessarily hasn't been there very much, you know, in recent years. And I think there is a little more of an alpha mentality with this year's team. Uh, Just more of a pro mentality, maybe is the best way to say it. I like the approach of a lot of the leaders of, of this team. And Mike Harley is definitely one of those guys. So I, I totally agree I, I thought too, it was interesting what, what he had to say about Charleston Rambo, you know, just, you know, essentially saying, oh, he, he still has to adjust to the South Florida heat um, because he is a Texas boy. So maybe he's just poking, poking a little fun at him because there is that, there's always going to be a Florida Texas rivalry from the high school days, right? Um, but yes, it was interesting that he was so honest about Charleston.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. Again, he was like that with with um the other receivers that are returning, too. It wasn't just Charleston mm-hmm. in a previous interview in the offseason I heard. So it's kind of just stacking up with Mike. And that does bring me to my fourth point uh, mm-hmm. with that mentality leadership. It's something I feel like, you know, these guys came back for a reason and they're talking the right things or saying the right things about wanting to be leaders, you know, um, have really good seasons, big seasons for the team. So that's definitely something I've already seen with these early interviews
0: agreed yeah i i've i think i've said on the message board many times bubba bolden coming back in 2021 i just like that dude's mentality i think he's a total pro um i think he welcomes criticism i think he welcomes being coached hard i think his approach is exactly what you want at the college level and on top of that he has flashed uh tremendous playmaking ability now he needs to improve his consistency and we've talked about that in previous podcasts but I think he'll get there I think that floor is going to raise this offseason with Bubba because of his approach Uh, Corey Gaynor you know he's that tough hard-nosed offensive line center leader that every offensive line coach in the country wants Um, is he necessarily the most talented center in the country no but he brings a, a ton of leadership to the, to the field and his leadership is valuable for that group. He, he pushes that group to maximize their potential. Um, and then, you know, Amari Carter, I understand why he's not necessarily a fan favorite. The targeting penalties are frustrating. Um, you know, the coverage isn't always where it needs to be. But the guy's a stud in terms of, of the leadership qualities he brings to the team. And, you know, you can't overlook that factor of a team dynamic, right, Chris? I think, I think it's easy to view players as like video game type players where every player has a rating and you just always play the best rating, um, you know, the, the players with the highest ratings of the video game, et cetera. Uh, in, in real life leadership matters um and so in that regard having a guy like Amari Carter on the team who the players do respect uh, is valuable
1: yeah and i and the coaches have always spoke highly about him as well and and just not just them but just you know if you meet if you talk to anybody um staff anybody anybody that comes around Amari will speak highly of him as a person those kind of things and and one thing maybe to add to that you know with football there's only you know what 12 13 14 games a season there's a lot of things that go in a lot of days that goes into a year and i think amario consistently always shows um his worth to a team yes. with with a lot of things that are going on i'm not trying to say he's a practice player or anything like that i just think there's a lot of things that goes into earning playing time and and certainly look if his play, if his play really deteriorates or really goes down i'm yeah. sure they'll find ways to to make a move on that. And we've noticed that through time, you know, particularly at the cornerback position, we saw, for example, a guy like to couch, his snaps rose during the season and other guys that were starters who were considered leaders of a group started to go down. So I, I think they'll make adjustments with the play, but just, you know, Amari does bring things to the table. And um, it's something I've said before, when talking about critiquing players, I think sometimes, or coaches or whoever, sometimes it gets to the point where they don't do anything well. And it, to me, they're they're never that bad, as bad as what people might think. There's a lot of people that, you know, sometimes the critiques just get to be too much. And I think that he, for, for example, Amari is one of those guys that does get critiqued a lot, but I still think he does bring some things to the table, some positive things to a team. And I, I certainly think it's a, it's a good sign that he's continuing that leadership and, and looking to get better and that, that whole thing.
0: So we'll wrap things up. Uh, but before we get out of here, Chris, I don't know if you planned it this way, but I think your points kind of touched on, in my opinion, the two most important uh, things in, in college football quarterback play. So obviously D Eric King is out. Tyler Van Dyke gets a big opportunity to show what he's got. He's impressed everyone. Uh, with his work ethic to this point, and now it's time to go prove it on the practice field. And then I think the second thing you're speaking to with, with your other points, uh, from a big picture standpoint is culture, right? Weight room, uh, veteran leadership, senior leadership, confidence uh, from those older players. Um, so to me, just wrapping things up, your, your points kind of center on the two most important factors. In my opinion, in college football, and and that's quarterback play, and the overall culture of your team. Uh, did you plan that, or, or was that just did that just happen by happenstance?
1: No, it's just kind of the things that stand out to me. It's it, they're things that that I value and kind of looking at certain things. But basically, I'm just kind of reacting. If if it was another player, another not the quarterback that that's stepping in, and also too, I always try to sort out off season either hype or talk or, or whatever it might be. I just, you know, and trying to, I always try to compartmentalize certain things, basically just like this year will be the the closest the team has ever been. We'll hear that too. But um, yeah, I, I just, I just felt like the Tyler stuff was higher than we've heard him talk sure. about before. And this was kind of a new thing and, and we'll see how he does with it. Because, you know, hearing them talk well, is only one thing. And like you said, he's got to prove it on the practice field. And as far as the mentality, you're talking about mentality, hard work, positivity in a program, you know, coach Manny Diaz, the pulse, they've always talked about the strength and yes. conditioning program being a positive thing. There's, you know, a positive vibe. Um, all of that makes a big difference and all that makes a big difference in recruiting. You know, if you have that positivity, you know, that upswing mentality that things are getting better, we're working towards doing even better. And, um, as opposed to more of a doom and gloom atmosphere and, and reality is there does seem to be a lot of that positive talk guys yeah. returned. They talked Another thing Mike Harley said was, you know, Derek King was the the match that lit the fire on everyone else returning. And the reality is it feels like there's a lot of positive talk for a team that lost its last two games. Um, And you don't always see that. And there's a lot of positive talk. And I think even the rankings will show the preseason rankings. A lot of people are thinking highly of Miami. And again, you know, the off season, the the spring practice, there's a lot of positive things kind of to look at.
0: So, yeah, I do think the culture is, is in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, is that different than most college football programs in the offseason? We'll see. Um, you know, the, the culture is always tested most during adversity. And typically adversity happens during the season. So, But I do think things are in a good spot right now in the spring. And I like, I like the mentality of this year's team. So that was good stuff, Chris. Uh, you know, we will continue to have updates. There's going to be plenty of, of more spring football practices this week and check out insidetheu.com for the latest updates you know we'll have you guys covered every day that they have practice Uh, so again thanks for joining me chris and uh, thanks thanks you guys for listening